Okay, time to look to God's word. And I want to begin today by asking you the question, what's new? What's new in your, in your life? You know, we use that a lot. Um, it's just sort of a standard part of our, of our greeting process. There's other things that we might say, how are you doing? How are things going? Um, those kinds of things. But, uh, and I know that oftentimes we use that uh, almost rhetorically. We're not even necessarily expecting a response. But for today... I want you to think seriously about that. What is new? We're in a brand new year in 2022. Um, this is a great time for us to be looking at new directions uh, in our lives. So what is it that's new or what is it that you are hoping is going to be new as we move into uh, this new year? You know, I think for most of us, we've at least some point in our lives had things that we wanted to aspire to. We had dreams, we had, we had goals, we had plans that we were going to move toward. Now, for some of you, those are alive and you're still eager and excited about what those might be. But for others, years pass, those are unrealized and, and it started gets to be old. And so you lose sight of those things. You let go of the degree of the dreams. You forget uh, the plans, even though... Maybe those were things that God had, had placed in your heart. Maybe those were things uh, that God was desiring for you. And so today we're going to talk about how you can rekindle that fire, how you can rediscover those things, how you can move back in, in a direction that will allow you once again uh, to be a person that's energized by those aspirations, by those dreams that God has for you. And we do that again uh, under the umbrella of asking that question, what's new? What's new? You know, we, we do this almost every year in one form or fashion. Um, I'm a big believer in goal setting, and so you have to endure on a yearly basis, uh, typically the first or second January of the new year, uh, some kind of conversation about setting goals. Last year, we did it in the form of, of encouragement to look at goals in five areas of your life. Do you remember what those were? It was faith and family, finances, fun, and fitness. And for those of you that, that decided to take that challenge, I, I'm wondering how you did. For those of you that didn't, um, well, you just sort of put that aside for last year. But for those of you that did, how did those pan out? How did you see yourself progressing in those ways? Uh, as pastor, I feel a sort of an obligation to be a transparent on those kinds of things. And so I did some reflection as I look back over the past year. And these are sort of the grades that I gave myself as I looked at these things. Faith, I gave myself a B plus. Always room for improvement, always places that you can do better in. But for the most part, um, I felt like my walk with God, things moved in a good direction there. Family, that was an A. Even though we had some tragedies, we had an opportunity to see uh, one another, uh, those scattered throughout uh, the country, it was a good year for family. Finances would put back in B uh, category uh, just because I need to continue to do some planning for, for what the future holds. Fun gave myself a C plus, as you can see, uh, because that's just an area I struggle with. Um, setting aside time, doing things of a more re leisurely, relaxing kind of manner um, has always been a challenge for me. Probably always will be, but that was that was okay. Uh, where I really tanked, though, was in the area of fitness. Um, and you'll see that I gave myself a D minus in that category. Um, now, the good news in fitness, uh, my goal had to uh, revolve around that idea of, of losing weight. The good news is that I did not gain a single pound uh, over 2021. And if my goal was to not gain any additional weight, I'd have given myself an A+. But that wasn't the goal. 
The goal was to lose weight. In my case, I'm trying to lose somewhere between 15 and 25 pounds, and that didn't happen. I'm exactly the same weight I was one year ago. And so I, I find that there's a, an area for me to, to continue to need uh, to, to grow to improve in that. And I share all of these things not because I know you're overly concerned with how much fun I've had or, or, or what my weight is, but to let you know that even for someone who is pretty committed to the whole idea of goal setting, that sometimes we just don't make the mark. Sometimes we fall short in those things. We, we continue to be imperfect people um, in the midst of this imperfect world. And that's okay. Uh, not what we desire, not what we strive for, certainly. But God understands that we hit those bumps in the road sometimes. It's okay so long as we don't give up. And that's what happens to too many individuals. They, uh, they don't succeed in an area or not to the degree that they would like. Um, and so they discard that, that dream, that goal, that, that aspiration. Um, and especially if it's something that you sense God has laid on your heart, folks, I may encourage you to resist that temptation to continue to persevere in the midst of that. Uh, because sometimes we know it just takes time uh, for us to realize those uh, things that we're, we're trying to achieve, to accomplish those goals that we're, we're trying to pursue. I think, for example, of those that, that wrestle with the whole area of addiction. Um, you know, that can easily become sort of a master of one's life. And, and we know from research that on average, it takes five encounters of rehab for someone to overcome an addiction. Five times. I mean, some people are able to do it in one outing, but others may take 15 times. But you can never overcome if you don't continue to persevere. You, you can never find freedom from that drug or alcohol or sex or whatever it might be in your life if you don't continue to strive to find improvement and healing and restoration in those areas. And so even if you've had goals in the past and you've fallen short in those, uh, folks, put those behind you. God's mercies are new every day. Lean on that and put your eyes on what is in front rather than those things that are behind. Because whether we are remembering this or not, God has a plan for us. We've talked about that over the course of the year, but I would just remind you as we start this new year of that very powerful truth. God has a plan for you. In fact, not just any kind of plan. He has a great plan for you. Uh, we know, for example, that God wants you, he wants me to be spiritually mature individuals. In the book of Hebrews, the fifth chapter, we read these words. Though by this time you ought to be teachers, you still need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, which is just another way of saying the, the deeper things of God. But solid food? Solid food is for the mature. And that's what God wants for you and for me. He wants us to be those individuals who are, who are eating the steak or diving into the prime rib or going after the good stuff. He wants us to be on that solid food, not just individuals uh, continuing to, to nurse on the milk. God wants us to be spiritually mature. God wants us to be effective in our lives. Did you know that? In 2 Peter, the first chapter, verses 5 through 8, we hear these words. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. 
For if you possess these things in increasing measure, they will keep you from being what? Ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The implication clearly there is that God desires us not to be ineffective, not to be unproductive. Instead, he wants us to be effective. He wants us to be productive in the lives that we live. And don't we want that for ourselves too? I think we want that probably in every area of our life, but especially as it pertains to our walk with God. We want to we want to know God more personally. We we want to be used God more powerfully. We uh, we want to see those loved ones, friends, and family uh, come into a saving relationship with Jesus, where they can know with absolute certainty that when this life is over, that what awaits them in eternity is heaven. God can help us move into that as we as we live spiritually productive and effective lives. God wants that for us. And then finally, we see that God wants us to prosper. He wants us to prosper. In Jeremiah 29, we hear, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Folks, God wants us to thrive in our walk and our relationship with him. Now, that may not be in the ways that the world defines that. It's not saying here that God's going to guarantee that we're rich or that we're always healthy or, or that everything is, is good by worldly standards. But by godly standards, we're going to thrive. We're going to see and accomplish and experience and be a part of things that we can't even imagine because we've chosen to commit more fully, more completely our lives and turn those things over to God. As we do that, God will make a genuine difference in who we are and the ways that he uses us. And that plan that God has for us, well, if we're serious about our walk with God, if we truly are vibrant disciples, then that, that plan, that's going to be realized. Did you know that? It will come to fruition. It will, it will occur. Now, there's some ifs that go with that, as there almost always is with God's promises. And the first one is that, that we'll realize those plans, we'll experience those things if... We avoid unrepentant sin. You know, that is such a problem in our world today. Uh, even inside the church, we just see incident after incident of individuals who've, who've followed in the footsteps of the world, who have embraced the things of this culture and, and just sort of allowed sin to become a part of our lives. But God calls us to something different. In Isaiah 59, 2, we hear this. But your iniquities, which just means your shortcomings, your, uh, your transgressions, uh, those things have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Now, that doesn't mean that God turns his back or walks away from us. But it does mean that it, 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 it makes that, that relationship a little bit more strained. There's a little bit of a barrier there when sin is an, an active part of our lives. And so we need to, to make sure that we address uh, that chronic sin, if chronic sin exists uh, in, in us. Uh, we also know that uh, for us to, to have these plans realized, that we need to live purposefully. Uh, part of my, my morning credo is to live life on purpose with purpose, because I know the value, the significance of this. In the book of Hebrews, uh, the sixth chapter, verses 10 through 12, we hear these words. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, 
but to imitate those uh, through faith and patience, to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. God has a promise for us. He wants us to, uh, to live lives where we thrive in our walk and, and in our, our usefulness to the kingdom. And that happens if, if we avoid that chronic sin in our lives and if we are more deliberate about being used by God. And how do we move on into that deliberateness? Well, as we've talked about so many years in the past, it means setting some goals, putting some plans in place for us. Because if we don't do that, you know what happens? Uh, we end up living a life like this gentleman whose story I came across uh, just this past week. Listen to the story. In fact, my guess is you may be able to relate to this a little bit. Uh, this gentleman speaking here, he says, I, I decided to water my garden. As I turned on the hose to the driveway, I looked over at the car and decided it also needed washing. As I started toward the garage, I noticed mail on the porch table that I had brought up from the mailbox earlier. So I decided to go through the mail before I washed the car. I laid my car keys down on the table put the junk mail in the rubbish bin under the table, but then noticed that the rubbish bin was full. So I decided to put the bills back on the table and to take out the rubbish first. But then I thought, since I'm going to be near the mailbox when I take the rubbish out, I may as well pay the bills first. Uh, so I took out my checkbook from the table and noticed that there was only one check left. My extra checks were in my desk in the study. So I go inside the house to my desk where I find a can of soda that I had been drinking earlier. As I'm going to look for my checks, um, I decide that I need to move the can of soda aside so that I don't accidentally knock it over. I grab the, the, the can and I feel that it's warm, so I decide to put it back in the refrigerator in order to keep it cold. As I head for the kitchen uh, to put the can in the refrigerator, I see a vase of flowers on the counter and it catches my eye because they need watering. I put the can on the counter, find my reading glasses that I've been searching for all morning, and decided that I needed to put the glasses back on my desk. But first, I wanted to water the flowers. And on the story goes, I'll abbreviate it for the sake of time. But it ends up with this. At the end of the day, the car wasn't washed. The bills weren't paid. Uh, there's warm can of soda sitting on the counter. The flowers don't have enough water. There's still only one check in my checkbook. I can't find the remote. I can't find my glasses. And I don't remember what I did with the car keys. And then when I try to figure out what's happened, I'm just baffled by that because it seems like I've been busy all day. In fact, as I look back, I am exhausted over what's happened. Oh, folks, obviously, this is a humorous illustration, though. My guess is that you've probably lived at least a part of the story at some point. I know that I have. But what it demonstrates for us is that if we're not more deliberate about planning out our lives, about having some things in place, then we can spend all kinds of energy. We can move at a frenetic pace, but at the end of the day or at the end of the year, I find that we really have not accomplished anything. And so let me encourage you as you move into this new year to think about setting some goals. Maybe it's in those five areas or maybe it's just one area. And just as a refresher, since it's been a year since we talked about this last, uh, let's talk about what it means to set a goal. Because what we want to do is we want to set those SMART goals. Remember that ac acronym? The S stands for we need to do things that are specific. So let's take an example here. Say, as you think about this new year of 2022, you decide you want to be closer to God. Well, how do you do that? 
You could do it by reading the Bible more. You could do it by becoming more involved in church. You could do it by, uh, by uh, engaging in more good works. You need to figure out what it is specifically that you want to be deliberate about. Maybe for you, it's to spend time in prayer. I think all of us uh, probably would realize or acknowledge that we could do more of that. Uh, so that's what you're specific about. You want to spend more time in prayer. And the M in SMART is that it needs to be measurable. If we just say we want to spend more time in prayer, that vagueness is probably going to end up being more of a hindrance than a help and a moviness toward that. We need to have a specific time frame in mind. So let's say oh, we commit to 10 minutes of prayer a day. Maybe that's too much for you. Maybe you need to, to move to five minutes and then slowly build up. Maybe you're a prayer warrior and that's not enough. Maybe you should be starting off at 15 minutes a day, but you pick a specific amount that you want to commit to uh, on a daily basis. So you decide that you're going to pray uh, for 10 minutes a day. You make sure that that goal is uh, A, attainable for you. I think all of us know that um, there's probably limitless amount of time we could spend reading God's Word or, or praying or doing the other things I spoke of. But, but as we live life, we've got to put some boundaries and limits in place. And so what is realistic for you? What is attainable? In my cases, I think about my prayer life. While I pray every day, the, the core things that I pray for, I pray for five days a week. Now, why only five days? Well, on Two days, I have other focuses in my prayer life. And one of those days, I meet with a group of pastors. And so my time tends to be spent with the things going on in their lives or, or things in our church. And the other day is, is this particular day. It's, it's the Lord's Day. It's Sunday. Because I commit my entire prayer time to praying for you and to praying for our service. That God would get you here safely. That God would, would open your hearts and minds, help you put aside anything that would be a distraction. That God would be present with me and Vanita and, and Misty and all of those helping with the service. That God's spirit would anoint and rest upon every person that walks through the door. That God would be especially uh, perhaps with those that are visiting or don't have a relationship with Jesus. That's where my focus is on that day. So for two days... Um, I don't make that commitment to my core, but for five days I do. So, so I've made a commitment, let's say, to pray. We're going to pray for 10 minutes. We're going to pray for five days a week. And then we look at the R, those things that are relevant to our lives. Uh, what is it that God's burdened you with in terms of, of keeping those things in prayer? You know, there's all kinds of things that we could be praying for. We could be praying for the, the lost in, in Iceland. We could be praying uh, for those that are uh, struggling with gout in Nicaragua. We could be praying for those that are trying to, to recover from the tornadoes here in the south from a few weeks ago. Uh, the, the needs out there are limitless. But what is it specifically that God's placed on your heart? What is it that he's burdened you with that you can be praying for? Because the truth is, we're far more likely to engage in regular prayer for those things uh, than the things that, that are not quite as meaningful to us. And so let's say for the sake of our time this morning that we decide we're going to pray this coming year for three things. We're going to pray for our family. We're going to pray for our, our church, those prayer needs that come around on the prayer chain. We're going to be committed to those. And then we're going to pray for our national leaders. Um, that's always a good one. The, the need always exists there. So we've got those three things that we're going to pray for. So we've decided we're going to pray. We're going to pray for 10 minutes. We're going to pray for 10 minutes, five days a week. And we're going to pray in three areas. We're going to pray for family. We're going to pray for our, our, our church congregation. And we're going to pray for our national leaders. And then that T and that SMART acronym simply means that we put a time limit, a time boundary on that. 
One of the things that can be daunting, intimidating, um, discouraging to us is if we try to leave something open-ended. And when it comes to goals, we need to have a particular time frame in place. And so maybe for you, that time frame is six weeks. You're going to do this for the first six weeks of 2022. Now, that doesn't mean at the end of six weeks you have to quit praying. If you find that that's what God's continuing to call you to, then you re-up. Uh, maybe another six weeks or another eight weeks or another ten weeks. But you put that, that boundary, that perimeter in place. Maybe at the end of six weeks, God calling you to, to commit more to something else. Maybe to reading His Word or those other things that we mentioned. But you put some boundaries in place. And so you have that smart set of goals, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-bound. In the, in, in the sense of our illustration this morning, you've decided that you're going to put extra effort into prayer, uh, that you're going to commit to 10 minutes a day, five days a week uh, for that, uh, that you're going to do that in the areas of praying for family and uh, for our congregation and for our national leaders. And, and you're going to do that for six weeks and then see where God leads you. And folks, if you'll do that, if you'll do that, you'll find your life is changed. You'll find that, that a year from now, when you ask what's new, you can say there is something new. Man, I discovered a whole new dimension uh, to my walk with God through, through specific designated time in prayer or time in God's word or, or time in being used by him and, and doing good or whatever it is that God's calling you to. But you'll look back and things will be different uh, for 2022 than they were in 2021 or 2020, or 2019. Let me wrap up with one final verse this morning that comes out of the, the book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter, uh, beginning with verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, those who have gone before us, those who are in our midst who are the true um, saints, pillars of God's work, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Uh, we're called here by the writer of Hebrews to persevere in the midst of challenges. And there are challenges always. Um, there will be things that will try to dissuade you, discourage you uh, from these goals uh, that you have set before you. But don't let those take control of your life. Push those aside. Persevere in the midst of that. It, Paul describes it in other places that uh, make sure that you finish the race don't just start the race. Everybody starts the race. And make sure you see it through to the end. Uh, second, we need to make sure that we avoid those things that would trip us up. Uh, maybe uh, you, you, and for doing prayer time, uh, you know that if you try to do it in the evening before you go to bed, that you're going to fall asleep. You're just exhausted. That's just a reality for you. So you don't do it just before you go to bed. You do it first thing in the morning or maybe during lunch break. Avoid those things that would trip you up from the goals that God's called you to. And then finally, focus on the prize. Uh, look for that which awaits you at the end. Paul, again, talks repeatedly about that. And what's the prize for us as Christ followers? We have a deeper relationship with God. We're being used more powerfully in the work of his kingdom. We're effective. We're productive for the things that God would call us to in 2022. Folks, may that be our prayer. May that be our goal as we move into this brand new year. Amen.